And welcome to a brand new edition of the Goshen News Sports Podcast. This is Goshen News Sports Editor Austin Hoff, Huff talking to you. And with me, uh, it's a special guest. We had him in once before. Um, I forgot when, but it's, it's been right a while. Before, right before Wrestling Conference. So ah, yeah, mid-January. That's Mike Deke's voice you're hearing over the uh, interwebs. Mike? Good to talk to you again, man. Thank you for having me back in this lovely establishment of yours. Yeah, you're lucky that the room isn't too cold or too warm today. It's Usually, last time I yeah, no, the it's whatever the temperature is outside that tends to be the temperature of this room. Uh, but sometimes it gets really warm, or sometimes it gets really cold. So you never know what's going to happen. Um, we got a lot of stuff going on this week. Mike, you know, he's a freelancer for us. You you've seen his name pop up a couple times. Not as much as the winner, but you know. He's still doing uh, the Lord's work for us, uh, like golf and things like that. Um, Mike also works for Fairfield High School. So um, this is the first time we've had you in since the girls' basketball team won state. Correct. That was cool. Remember that? Yes, I do. Very much so. Very vaguely. It's a blur. You know, the whole month's a blur, really. February, what was that? You know? I just had Delana Geiger actually autograph a picture for me the other day to put it up in her office. (laughs) That's pretty cool. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Uh, Yeah, so... We got a lot to get to. Let's. Uh, we had sectionals this week. How about that? Spring sectionals. That's awesome. Are starting. We're getting close. Yeah, I know. These like it's about from this is Monday afternoon. Full disclosure: We're recording this Monday afternoon. So really, like 15 days of craziness from here until like the Tuesday after Memorial Day, because softball regionals are that day, and then you get a couple couple days to breathe. Although the Elkhart County Miracle start up the Wednesday, the 31st. So. Uh, what's sleep? You know, what is that? Um, so we'll start with girls tennis. Um, like we did last week, actually, I think we started with the girls. Well, we started with Goshen city FC last week, but the first high school sport we talked about was girls tennis. And we're going to do it again this week. Um, their sectionals, uh, begin, some begin Tuesday. Others begin Wednesday. Most begin Wednesday. Um, we had some history Friday night down at Culver Academy, um, for the first time since 1989, I typed 79 on my sheet on accident, but it was 1989. Northwood is the outright girls tennis NLC champions. Um, Britain Jesse won at number two singles, and then they had runner-up finishes at one singles, three singles, and one doubles. Um, so congratulations to the Panthers. Congratulations to Coach Tiff Schwartz. Um, Mike, I know you spent plenty of time around the Northwood program in your past and, uh, Tiff Schwartz as well. And, you know, she's a Northwood tennis lifer. And so it's really cool to see them kind of have this accomplishment. Uh, she was playing the last time they won the conference title outright. So her, her license place is NW 10 S <laughs> she is through and through it. It's said that since I've known her that she's had the same license plate, that she is that program. She loves that program. Uh, I guarantee nobody was happier down at Culver Academy than she was. Um, And those girls love her too. And it's been that way for a long time. That's a really hard thing to establish as a coach uh, is to get the kids to buy in and then to succeed. So kudos to her for getting that done. Uh, and not not having a hiccup in the in the conference tournament as well, because when you have to go from playing in front of your home fans to driving all the way to Culver Academy and playing inside, it's a completely different setup. Mm-hmm. And kudos to her kids for getting the job done. Yeah, they obviously had to move it down there because of the weather. Um, they are playing Monday night against Penn, so they have one more regular season match 
Uh, so I won't say they're going into the postseason undefeated because we don't know. As of this recording, we don't know if they're undefeated or not. Penn's a very formidable opponent. Nice way mm-hmm. to end the regular season is with those with the Kingsmen. Um, so should be a good test for Northwood going in. And they're in a sectional with Fairfield, Goshen, and Bethany Christian. Um, Bethany Christian's had an okay season. They're not bad. Fairfield will be their main uh, competitor. Uh, Fairfield's been really good. We could talk about them a little bit. Uh, they still have to finish the NECC tournament because uh, the rain came Saturday. Just enough to delay it. Um, so they are finishing this up Monday night over at Westview High School. That's where Mike is going when we get done recording here. He's a company man through and through. So um, one player you won't have to worry about getting photos of is Addison Mast. She's already done playing. Uh, she won the number one singles title um, probably the best player in our coverage area or in our area really as a whole. I mean, other than like the St. Joe team, which is number one in the state right now, like she's really, really good. And she has a chance to make a, even if Fairfield loses this week, she has a really good chance to make an individual run. Um, You know, there's been some good tennis talent in this area, but I think she's probably the best male or female player that I've seen um, in my five years here now. I would add into that Fairfield is also done at two singles. Their number two finished third. Ah. Westview won the title. She did. So right now Westview actually has a, I think, a two-point lead on Fairfield going into the final three courts. However, Fairfield is up one nothing and up in the second set of all three uh, going into play this afternoon. But I would agree, Addie is really good. I think her sister Emily would have a very good argument that she was better. <laughs> uh, three-time All-Stater. Uh, that's, well, what's that? You that's know? Im- almost impossible to do, uh, <laughs> given that Northern Indiana generally doesn't produce a lot of tennis talent uh, in the same regard that Indianapolis does, or even if as some of the, the outer schools like your Columbuses and Seymours and so forth down there, Bloomingtons, um, have produced as well. So... Um, right now, Addison Mast and Addie down at Warsaw. Yeah, are Addie prob- Lynn, she's really Yeah, good. Addie Lynn's uh, the coach's daughter. They're probably two of the best individual talents outside of St. Joe in the northern half of the state. Yeah, Mast beat Lind earlier this year mm-hmm. for those keeping track. I think I believe we went three sets. They went um, they went three um, back and forth the whole time, and it was. It was a 4-1 Fairfield win, and they typically don't beat Warsaw as a whole either, so it was kind of a big deal for Addy to get that point at one to then kind of lift them through that singles – or that, that uh, I guess, the dual match yeah. itself. And uh, it, was a, it was a big point for, for Fairfield to kind of give them a nice pivot as they then went through and went undefeated in the NECC. Yeah, Fairfield's only loss is to Northwood, a 3-2 match back in early April, right after spring break, um, the Tuesday after spring break. So it was like the first match of the year, I believe, for Northwood or the second one. First or second match for both teams. Um, Barring something unforeseen, we will get that rematch probably this week, whether it be in the semifinal because of the blind draw or the championship match. Um so, yeah, sectionals begin this week. We have four area sectionals where we're kind of keeping our eye on. We mentioned that sectional 48 is the one at Northwood. Bethany Christian, Fairfield, Goshen, Northwood. Um, Fairfield and Northwood are the two best teams there. Should be a pretty competitive matchup uh, whenever they play, either whether it be Wednesday or Thursday, semifinal or the championship. Um, sectional 46 at West Noble. Westview is the heavy favorite in this sectional. Um, Central Noble, East Noble, Lakeland, West Noble, the other teams that are there. 
Westview, their only loss is to Fairfield this year. Um, they are a very talented team. Um, I would be surprised if they don't win that sectional. Uh, crazier things have happened, but we'll see. Uh, sectional 47, Concord is the host. They have Elkhart, Jimtown, and Northridge with them. Um, Concord, Elkhart, and Northridge have all kind of been very even in their results. Jimtown uh, is probably a step or two below, but that could be an interesting sectional. It's competitive at a minimum. I don't know if the uh, the regional champion's coming out of there, but you know someone's going to win a sectional championship. Um, you know, uh, Northridge has had the kind of the pedigree the last couple of years. They've been really solid. Concord is the defending sectional champion, um, so it feels like a toss up. It's really hard to kind of gauge who's going to win that one. Um, and then the sectional 52 at Warsaw. Um, Warsaw is the pretty pretty heavy favorite down there. Columbia City, Tippy Valley, Wawasee, and Wicko, the other four at that sectional. So, um, you know, Goshen News coverage area, feeling good about getting three teams through, as we pretty much always do um, in, in, in tennis, boys and girls. Uh, Westview, and then whoever wins to Concord one, and then either Fairfield or Northwood feels like they're going to come out of the uh, Northwood sectional. So, and I think whoever wins that Fairfield Northwood one is the uh, regional favorite. So, that's not really a hot take, but I would agree with that. Yeah, thank you. This is why you're here. You just say mm-hmm. yes and shake your head and oh, you're great, Austin. Thank you. You are that's, the smartest dude I know. Thank you. That's humble, blessed. You know, I'm just blessed. Um, yeah, so that's tennis. That's sectionals this week. So it should be fun. Uh, track. The Tracksters are also running uh, for a sectional championship. Sectional glory this week. Um, top three in each event of the sectionals advance to the regional. Um, or if you hit the state qualifying time and you're not in the top three, typically that doesn't happen from our coverage area. But, I mean, crazier things have happened, I guess. We'd have to be pretty darn elite uh, in an event to do that. So, um as tradition, a lot of our schools go to Warsaw for the sectional, uh, 10 of the 12 that we cover, and then West Noble and Westview will go to Angola for their sectional. Uh, there's a Tuesday night, Warsaw, the field events begin at 6, and the Angola one that's at 5.30, I believe, or 5. Um, so I'm kind of jealous of them starting earlier, because I'll be at the Warsaw one, naturally, when we got all of our teams. Um, yeah, it, you know, there's a lot of really good competitors for us it's kind of like hard to read them all off because we would be sitting here for a while trying to um break it down but some of the top 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 performers um emma yoder from wallacee the discus event um her throw earlier this year 143 feet one inch is currently the fifth best distance in the state she was third last year um mike i know that's and a, a school that you've also been around a lot. So you got to see Emma throw last year um, on her way to a third place showing at state. So, I mean, mm-hmm. um, you probably, you know, the expectations, I'm, you know, who knows if she's going to replicate what she did last year, but going to state at a minimum is, is the bit is the benchmark, you know, for her in that event. Yeah. I've seen her actually throw twice this year as well. And yeah. she's, she's got a little bit more of a confident swagger to her. She, She's very reserved as just an individual overall. Uh, you don't get much out of her. She doesn't say a whole lot. She doesn't like to smile. <laughs> yeah, she's just very quiet and just likes to stay in the background. But she's got that confidence now that I think when you finish top three in the state, 
against obviously every everybody who's going out there is going to be very similar in distance that she was able to do it and she did it without having a wind aid she didn't have like a scratch or somebody default in front of her or anything like that you know like the number one kid in the state didn't have to have to bow out right on on misses or something so it was all just legit and she went down and did the job but uh she's very confident in her ability her coach uh, scott mcdowell is working very hard with her about getting some of the fine-tuned details ironed out and i think you see that this year uh 143 is the school record uh, as you said and that is far and beyond what she was doing last year i think she was in the 120s and maybe even a, a 130 right. kind of maxed her out last year so to see her getting there and she she has as your notes say brooklyn gibson in the shot yeah um is pushing her so she she can't just go out and just do it all on her own because she's got gibby out there to throw with her um not in the same distance but the opposite where gibson is the better shot putter that it gives Emma a little bit of kind of a pressure release to not have to be so good every night in both or not just to embarrass herself in shot put if she's, if she's, right. if she's more focused <laughs> on discus. So yeah. uh, I think that's helped her a lot. I, I, I don't know that there's anybody in the area that's going to come near her. Uh, yeah, if you go through the regionals. Yeah, if you go by the sectional rankings of everyone's best throw, she's like, Ahead by 17 feet. Yeah. So, at least in a sectional, doesn't feel like she'll be challenged. Um, Gibson, by the way, is second in shot put behind Macy Swinehart from Concord. Um, in Macy's terms of very good, she's very good too. She's she's um, I think she's a little more balanced. Like she could go in both. Like Emma's kind of in discus and Brooklyn's kind of shot put, mm-hmm. where Macy kind of does both pretty well. She might not win either, but she's gonna probably advance in both barring you know like a, a right. fault or something like that um so um and also um just doing research uh according to that website the tfrrs track and field results everyone loves it. that's a great resource by the way uh concord's jayla leggett still has the longest long jump that's fun to say afterwards longest long jump in the state 18 feet 11 inches she that's did fine. it in uh, the first meet of the year against against Elkhart in late March, um, when it was probably like 55 degrees. So, yeah. go figure. But uh, she has the longest jump still. She, I believe, she won the NLC. No, she didn't win the NLC last year, but she's um, or last week. But she's well, she was in the final. She's pretty good at this. Um, so yeah, I mean, obviously a lot of expectations for her, given she has a really good mark. She has a good mark out there. We know what she's capable of. It's been put on the record. Um, so, her and Swinehart, like, that's where Concord has really made a living this year is the field events. They've been really strong in their field events. Macy in both rows, Leggett um, in the long jump. Riley Robinson has been good in both high jump and pole vault. Um, don't know if they're state good, but that's where they've been getting their points a lot mm-hmm. in these meets is with their, with their uh, field events. And they're running, too. I mean, they they got a good running group. It's going to be hard to beat Warsaw for the sectional championship, but... Concord, like last week in Northridge and Northwood, will be in the mix for the team title. Um, that's kind of the only negative of, like, the NLC meet and the sectional, like, back-to-back weeks. It's a lot of the same kids, and they're all usually pretty, like, the top kids. You know, rarely does a Columbia City come in and sneak in points or a Fairfield, like, come in and sneak in points. No offense to your employer. But, um, you know, Elkhart is about the biggest school that comes into this sectional. They kind of replace that Mishawaka 
void and they can take points. Shania Hughes, um, she's 10th in the state in long jump. Her uh, distance of 18 feet, three and a half inches from earlier in the year. Uh, she also set the school record in that. So, um, yeah, I mean, there's there's some really good, you know, state-level contenders, you know, in this sectional. Um, so, you know, all you got to do right now is just put on a good mark, get to, get top three, keep on the season going, and, uh, you know, just keep on building that momentum until next week. And then, then it gets really fun when it gets a regional. And you make a lot more teams in, and it gets way a little more competitive. Sectional is competitive. Regional is very competitive. I think one thing to add, too, is that in recent years, Warsaw has had an A-lister in almost everything. Yeah. And this year, they don't. They have they have a couple really talented yeah. – their distance yeah. runners are Rest- always going to be good. Restrelli. Yeah, Joy, Joy Restrelli is – incro- She's incredible. She's in line to ch- challenge for state right now. She Her times are there. Yeah. Uh, and she's broken the school record that Ashley Erba held, and Erba was a national champion. Yeah, she's like top 10 in the – 3,200, the 1,600, and then this part of the 4 by 8 right now. Like Correct. She's really good. Well, where Warsaw doesn't, though, is their field events haven't been as strong as they have in the past. They've had, like, Alexi Day, uh, who was going to give you both high jumps and pole vault. They had a um, two or three different pole vaulters, mm-hmm. two or three different long jumpers, two or three different kids here and there that were going to steal points from everybody else, and they were going to just run away and blow everybody out. They don't have that this year. So it is possible for an Elkhart for Northridge to throw another kid into the mix, to have Concord, to have Northwood, uh, sneaking some kids out that Warsaw might be uh, clogging the lanes, so to speak, and sending two kids in the, in the 100, two kids in the hurdles. So there, there is opportunity for the Elkhart County schools to make some hay down in Warsaw this week. Yeah, and then over the Angola one, just want to quickly mention, um, you know, we got some, some of the girls are in the top, uh, from Westview, Lucy Rensberger, uh, discus and shot put. Mostly discus. She's a pretty strong discus thrower. She's a senior. Um, they also have top three um, in the uh, Adeline Rainsberger in the 800. Uh, Stacy Stutzman hurdles. Uh, they're 4x4, four four, they're 4x8. So they might be able to contend and get some uh, athletes out to uh, regional. Will they contend at the regional? Time will tell. But, you know, all you got to do is, you know, survive in advance kind of deal in the tournament. Um, and then West Noble, they are, they're pretty good. Stephanie Dominguez, um, you know, Laney Martin, Athlete of the Week nominee, uh, 800 and the 1600. Um, Trinity Parson in the 3200. They've got a lot of different field events. Uh, Kaylee Jordan, shot put is a top seed there. Long jump, Emily Mayhorter, top seed. Um, so we'll see how they do. Um, I always kind of feel bad for them because there's just no logistical way we can get to you know, both these track sectionals and, you know, it's hard to justify going to Angola for two teams, you know, so, um, sorry, we're going to Warsaw instead, which is the longest, it's the longest 40 minute drive in the history of 40 minute drives goes into Warsaw. Stop over in Milford if you need to, we got a subway. I know, I, every time I hit Milford, no matter which direction I'm going, I think I'm closer than I am. You really are. It's like no, it's a midpoint. It's a true halfway point, but I always tell myself, "Oh, I'm like ten minutes away." Mm-hmm. Nope, nope, still got twenty more. And if you blow a tire, you can always stop by. Thank you, Mike. I appreciate it. Mike lives in Milford, in case yeah. anyone's wondering. Yeah. Um, all right, boys' side, uh, the boys' sectionals this week. Uh, they're at Goshen. The boys are big one is at Goshen, and then the girls also, or the boys also go to Angola uh, for the other schools that we cover. 
Um, again, a lot of a lot of talent going here. Um, you know, it's kind of like an NLC beat again. Um, but Elkhart's got some really good uh, distance guys and sprints. Um, they're actually good in a lot of things, um, to be perfectly honest. But um, according to TFRRS, our friends, uh, Max Malloy has the 10th fastest 3,200 time from uh, Elkhart. And then their 4x1 has a third fastest time, even faster than Penn, um, Earlier this year, the quartet of Zach Anderson, Elias Leonard, Rodney Gates, and Connor Dow ran uh, a really good 4 by one time earlier. Um, and then Northridge is in the top 10 in the state in the 4 by 8 They ran that time actually last week at the NLC meet, 8.01. Uh, David Gingrich, Trevin, Trevin Schlebach, Will Knox, and Jackson Miller. Um, so, you know, there's some really good distance guys. Our, our distance area has always been great since I've been here at least. Um, and that's evident in cross country. And then it comes onto the track. Um, you know, Goshen's going to get a lot of points, you know, with Tommy Claxton, the Weiss Loera, uh, their four by eight in general, uh, Northridge in their distance events, but Northridge also has some good sprinters this year. Mikey Squires, um, Jacob Wetzel just came back last week. Matias Hazen, the 300 hurdles, um, you know, they've got a lot of guys that are going to score points. Um, Elkhart in the field events, too. Trenton Harris in the high jump. Raekwon Lemons in shot and disc. Mostly disc. He's been really good. Um, there's a lot of people that are going to probably get through from our coverage area. I think we had, like, more than 50 last year total, um, you know, from the boys' side. And the girls, too, we had a really nice showing. It's always a matter of can they get to the state meet after that. That's when it gets interesting. But, um I'm, I'm, you know, I think I have pretty normal expectations for what's going to happen uh, this week. Can Elkhart maybe win the team title? That's that's a interesting. Them and Warsaw feel like the top two teams uh, going for that. Elkhart won it last year, so we will see how they do. Also, shout out Joseph Moon from Concord. Uh, ran the final 100 meters of the 4x4 on a broken leg and won. So... Uh, he will not be running the rest of the postseason, in case anyone's wondering, because he, again, broke his leg. So, I'm going to guess broken leg's important in track. Mike, would you agree? I would definitely agree with that. Thank you. Okay, um, this is why we have you here. Again, you're just, uh, you're just here to say yes. Um, you're the smartest man in the room. <laughs> you know, it's not a big room. So, um, that will be kind of boys' track. Um, and then, you know, over at Angola, Drew Yates from West Noble in the hurdles, Grant Floor on the distance races. Um, and then Noah Bontrager, again, had a really nice cross-country season, so he will be kind of the standout um, for them in that. And Lyndon Miller also in some of the field events. So uh, make sure to be following Gosha News all week for updates on uh, all of those track festivities. Um, let's talk boys golf. We had a big day for Braden Miller this past Saturday, Fairfield High School standout, the sophomore. Um, he's getting ready to go play in some really fancy, like, junior golf event in South Carolina or whatever this weekend, or next, no, it's this weekend. Um, but before he did that, he made sure to break a school record at Fairfield, uh, shot a 67 at the Angola Invitational Saturday over at Glendaren Hills. Gosh, or uh, Glendaren Hills Golf Club um, did not win medalist because uh, a lot of good teams were there. Kid from Garen Catholic, I believe, was the medalist with the 66. Um, 
So, yeah, the top two teams in the state, Garen Catholic and um, Westfield, were both there. So, they both shot 290, uh, tied, and then I think Westfield won on the tiebreaker. Garen won on the tiebreaker. Um, Braden Miller, though, 67. Uh, they finished third as a team. That's pretty darn good at that field. Um, and, uh, you know, this feels like a good uh, momentum push for Fairfield. They picked up a couple NLC or NLC NECC wins earlier in the week. Braden finally puts together a really, really good round. He won the Concord invite last weekend, backs it up with a 67 this weekend. Like feels like he's really rounding into form right now for his golf game. Yeah. Right now Fairfield is undefeated in the NECC in golf. And part of that reason is because Braden is playing so well. Uh, speaking with Coach John Kaufman last weekend, as I was covering for the Goshen News, thank you to cover the Concord invite. They <laughs> thank you. Uh, the consensus was that somebody else needed to shoot around Braden's score so that Braden didn't have to, and they're starting to get that. But Braden is understanding that, and now he's just playing golf. Mm-hmm. And where he's at right now basically is he's not intimidated by anybody. And that is a huge thing for a 16, 17-year-old kid to have because the golf course can eat you up whether you're 16 or 60. It doesn't matter. And for him to go out and post a championship effort at a Concord Invite where he's he's been a top three all year, but to be able to put Reshley out of his misery after three holes to then come back and play head-to-head with Garen Catholic and Westfield, who are the top two teams in the state, and shoot the school record that that says a lot about where this sophomore is right now he's playing outstanding golf yeah i believe it was miles nine who shot a 72 like that's a really good yeah Yeah. backup like talking about guys trying to shoot around what Braden's going at like that's a great number for him to like put that up and that's what helps you win the team championship stuff you know Mm -hmm. Braden's gonna do his thing it's a matter of can everyone else around him you know play up and you saw that with Miles on Saturday, six mm-hmm. or seventy-two. That's pretty darn good. And that that came on the heels of blowing up the week before at Concord. He was having all kinds of problems on the greens or just getting to the greens. <laughs> and it was it was he almost hit us in the head. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But uh, well, if you, so, you weren't you were standing in the middle of the fairway, Mike. I mean, come well, on. <laughs> I, you got to interview the coaches somewhere. So, <laughs> um, but I digress. The the team itself is is getting good play out of a Miles Nine. Uh, Carter Kitson has played very well at times this year as well. Um, and then Kaufman said that if they can get anything out of their four and or five, it takes all the pressure off Nine and Miller to have to come out and post these otherworldly numbers that they they can do, but just have not done consistently. But they they're getting there and they're playing with some of the best teams in the state right now, which could bode well for a Fairfield team that just needs to finish top three in a regional. Right. Um, the other kind of top team from our area that was there on Saturday, Northridge, they struggled for their standards. They finished six as a team, 323. Um, Brock Rushley did not have his best effort, 84. He's been to state two years in a row, but like you mentioned, man, golf course can just eat you up and spit you out whenever. Um, but, uh, Connor Hochstetler had a nice round, 75, uh, that night. But uh, this is coming off the heels of Northridge, uh, playing one of the more dramatic uh, golf matches you can have, I would say. Uh, they shot a 157. Warsaw shot a 157. And Wawasee shot a 158 at the NLC match between the three on Thursday. 
Um, and since the fifth score tiebreaker, or which is you know it's supposed to be the tiebreaker, they were tied as well. Um, the NLC bylaws say you have to everyone plays the same hole, and uh, you know whoever shoots the lower team score, you know wins basically. And if we're tied after that, we play the next hole. Um, so it was kind of funny. We took it took about five to ten minutes to figure out what the bylaws were. Now that none of the coaches knew because usually the fifth score. That's it. It's just whoever's that rarely ties. Um, so uh, it was very exciting to watch golf at 8:30 p.m. with the sun barely creeping out over Rosella Ford. Um, uh, it was also kind of funny because they kept they didn't like the number fives played first, and then the fours and the threes were together, and then the twos and the ones, and they just had the fives and the fours and the threes keep on playing because there wasn't enough sunlight to like where if they had waited and we were tied, they wouldn't have been able to play everyone a second hole. So, like, when it ended, the, the fives were on, like, hole four. Like, it was like they had to go run them down to be like, hey, we're done. Like, it was it was kind of a funny visual to watch that. Um, but um, it was a great match. Northridge won the tie break. And uh, I wanted to give a shout-out to Isaiah Lehman for uh, people were pretty proud of his sportsmanship. And, uh, you know, he, he had a swing and a miss – on a, on a hole, and that ended up that stroke ended up being what kind of sent it to the tiebreaker. Um, no one saw him swung and missed, but he made sure to acknowledge, "Yes, I swung and missed." Um, so Northridge, if he had lied, Northridge would have won in regulation. It still would have been a great win. But you know, talking to him Friday after the fact, he was like, "I wouldn't have been able to live with myself if I had done that." You know, I lied. So um, it was pretty cool. I was standing near Coach Ken Brewster when. Uh, the Warsaw, I believe it was their athletic director, said, hey, by the way, like, you know, your kid, uh, you know, acknowledged a missed shot. Like, you know, usually, you know, you're trying to win. So, hey, you can just play it off that you were just taking a practice swing. But it was really cool. Like, this kid, Isaiah, was mature enough to acknowledge, yes, like, that was a missed shot. Like, you know, counted as two. You know, now here comes my third shot. So, um, you know, it's nice to know that, no, not all kids are terrible, right? Yeah. Or something like that. <laughs> to have that kind of competition at an NLC meet in mid-May is pretty awesome because that tournament in two weeks' time is always a toss-up. It's Saturday. and Yeah. <laughs> not well, two weeks' well, time. It's this Saturday. Uh, yeah, I, I, <laughs> Upper Heart Petro. Yeah, okay. So, <laughs> at, at any rate, though, it can be very possible that all three of those teams finish out of the top three, and then it's Northwood, Plymouth, and... Goshen that are right. I mean, it, you never know from year to year where they're at. Uh, but one thing that stood out with the with the notation of the Northridge player making that that announcement was the kind of sneaky post that Chuck Freebie had about that situation, and it received over two thousand likes and yeah. had a hundred and some comments within a day or two, which I thought was just kind of a good bit of humanity, just that people recognized. And didn't need to kind of pile on the fact that, oh, well, he, no, it just, it was a good moment and people recognize that. And I think that's kind of, you know, if, if Paul Neidig was sitting here, he would be very happy to say that <laughs> we're, we're still ex- exhibiting, you know, what student-based athletics are, because that was a really solid move. Mm-hmm. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if he doesn't hear from the IHSA at some point, if he hasn't already, yeah. um, just for that or. Uh, the good folks up at Northridge's athletic department 
um, getting some kind of piece of paper and a certified letter <laughs> yeah. coming soon uh, you got, you from, got a, the, from the state. You got a story in the Gosha News out of it. So well, there you it, go. That's how it circulates. <laughs> uh, you know, yeah. you guys filtrate all the way down there. So yeah. we um, got to get Paul Nighting in the room. You know, we've had him on the podcast before. You need a bigger phone. table. He's a big dude. Oh, the, you said the, yeah, I know. Yeah. He's a big I met him before. I was like, <laughs> I was standing pushed. on the third step of a basketball stands and I could be eye to eye with him. It was great. Yeah. Um, good guy. I've never had any, I've had good conversations with him. Um, I've always respected his time. It's been great. This is the sidetrack on Paul Nighting, but he has been very uh, open to media and at least talking to us. That's mm-hmm. a nice positive yeah. um, first step. Towards. He, he actually makes himself available in like media rooms and right. on deck. If you're at the swim finals or at the basketball finals or wherever, uh, when I was down at state wrestling, same deal. Um, he was very available, and I thought that others have not been necessarily, and not yeah. necessarily just the commissioner, but just others in the the top half of the IHSA. So, uh, kudos to Paul for um, having that 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 demeanor to be able to kind of practice what you preach. Yeah, and also uh, back to golf. Sure. Uh, just want to shout out Earl Williams. He had a nice bounce back week. Uh, specifically, well, he, he struggled in a nine hole match earlier this week at home. Uh, they were able to pick up two wins over, um, I believe it was Goshen and Mishawaka. But he struggled, and then he bounces back Saturday, shoots a seventy two at the Culver Invite, which is actually played at the Warren Golf Course at uh, Notre Dame's campus. Um, so he shot a seventy two, finished second individually. Um, teams like Indianapolis Cathedral were up here, St. Joe, uh, Marion's really good. So this was a really good field, and he got second, uh, 72. Really solid showing from him. Um, you know, I sound like a broken record talking about the same five golfers, but, you know, these have been the five, four or five guys. You know, Silas Hard, too, shout out to him, 70 at the Angola invite, was third, right behind Braden. Um, so Har, Miller, Williams, Reshley, Right, like those four, the Mount Rushmore of our boys' golf, twenty twenty three. Like, let me throw another one in there. Ben Kyle from Lakeland. Ben Kyle too. Expect yeah. him to make a run at some point. He's yeah. really good. There's a really, there's a lot of good golf talent here. The hard part is the state tournament is so hard to get through. Man, it's one of the hardest ones, maybe the hardest one in the state. The golf tournaments to get through. It's it's a grind, man. It's it, for the individual sports at least. I mean, obviously the team sports are really hard to get through as well but um individually it's it's really hard really really hard um so we'll see how they how they do um softball that's softball talk right there <laughs> I, go team a, yeah go team um you know look we're we don't really have any teams that are going to win the conference championships right now mishawaka already clinched the nlc softball um east side I don't know if they've officially clinched. Yes. They have. Because yeah. Fairfield had a second loss there to uh, Prairie Heights. Um, that was a weird loss for Fairfield. Um, it's probably the upset of the year in that conference. Yeah. I saw that score and I was like, huh. Okay. Um, yeah. I don't know. Like, a lot of our teams are just, we're kind of, we're chugging along. We got one more week here. Sectionals begin Monday. Um you know, there wasn't even, like, a crazy Tyra Markham record to talk about this week. Like, we usually get one of those. Um, Haley Allen at Wabasee set the strikeouts record, both single season and career. I mean, she's been their main pitcher for two and a half. All, th- all three were years now. I almost want to say two and a half, but we're almost at the end of the third season, so it's kind of hard to call it two and a half when it's, like, two and seven eights at this point. Um, 
Yeah, it's kind of hard to really get into the sectionals. I guess we won't we won't really have an episode of the podcast until the sectionals begin next week, um, unless we tape it on Monday before games, which I don't think we will. But um, I don't know. Maybe we will. Who knows? Tune in next week. Um, yeah, it just feels like we're kind of biding our time. Like This is like the last week of the regular season. We'll see how teams do, see if anyone gets hot. Right, you know, like kind of all the cliches, like, and then we, you know, we come back Monday and, you know, sectional start and we'll see how it goes, I guess. So, um, last year you had, we had two really good teams to Northridge and Westview with two stud pitchers, right? Abby Hostetler and and Alexis Antel. So it was kind of easy to be like, yes, those two teams, they're going to be really good. They are the teams to beat in their sectionals. You know, now this year, Penn's in that sectional in the 4A, so that really, it's hard to get up, you know, when you when you got them lurking um, in that sectional. Westview is down this year. That 3A sectional with Fairfield, Wallacee, you know, Northwood, Lakeland, West Noble, East Noble. I pick a name out of a hat, I guess. I mean, Fairfield early looked great. They have struggled in the last couple weeks. Wallacee has shown flashes of being great. Northwood has shown flashes. West Noble's had some moments. Like, none of them have, like, sustained anything, though. It's kind of been, eh. Like, so it's hard. It's hard to pick a winner there. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the 1A1, I mean, Elkar Christian, you know, like, they're okay. But, you know, they lose to – it's hard when, they, when they're playing these bigger schools and they lose, you know, 15 to – Three and you're like, well, are they good? Or are they playing Concord? Or are they playing Elkhart? Like, it's hard to gauge where they're at because they're playing these mammoth schools right now just to get games, and they've only played 12 games. Mm-hmm. And same thing with ECA baseball. They're like at six. They're like, they're like five and six. It's like we got one week left. Fairfield baseball's played 23 games. ECA's played 11. It's crazy, <laughs> crazy. How is it even possible? Yeah, I think with the softball, as you said, like as long as you've got a pitcher, you've got a shot. Um, if you go back to that Northwood sectional, Fairfield has the best hitter in McKenna Steele. Yeah. Wallace has the best pitcher in Haley Allen. Northwood probably has the best overall team. Like if you're going top to bottom and get it at home on their new field, all the excitement, blah, blah, blah. And like you said, you could probably sit there at the end of the sectional and watch East Noble just walk off with the title. Yeah. Just, just because they either get the right draw or – Allen just doesn't have a good night pitching. And, and mm-hmm. that's what happened to Wallace last year with Jimtown. They they got the, the draw they wanted and then drew Jimtown. And Jimtown threw a pitcher that they just couldn't solve. And right. it wasn't even their ace. Right. It's just that's how softball goes. Yeah. And Jimtown's now in a sectional with, uh, you know, towards the South Bend schools. But New Prairie is part of that field with them. So New Prairie's really good. Uh, Jimtown has been struggling down the stretch. They've had some injuries, I believe. Um, I saw a post on Facebook about the team going to visit one of their teammates who was injured, uh, couldn't make it to the games and stuff. So I don't, I don't know who that was, but they have an injury. We could just play that card. They have an injury. I mean, they were like eleven and three, and now they're twelve and eight or whatever. So yeah. they have struggled the last two weeks. Um, all of that may not matter with St. Joe sitting on that side of the state either. Right. Right. Well, St. Joe's in four A. Yeah. So Jim Town's in three A. So it doesn't matter. Got it. it does St. Joe move up on? They did. Yeah, yeah. I, I was not aware St. of that. St. Joe, yeah. it's so funny. So, at the beginning of the season, they weren't ranked in the 4A, like, polls at all, even in the first couple of weeks. And I was like, did we just forget that they had this pitcher who gave up no earned runs last year on the way to a state championship? Like, 
and they still have her. She was only a freshman last year. She's a sophomore this year. Berkeley Zach, Zachy, mm-hmm. Berkeley Zachy, whatever. Zachy. Zachy. Yeah. She still hasn't given up an earned run this year. Like, we almost, they beat Penn last week. That's like Natalie Newell stuff. Yeah. I mean, she's insane. Like, I understand the girl from Ron Colley, Rothrock, is like, you know, the next thing, the greatest thing since sliced bread. But if it gets to a point where it's St. Joe and Ron Colley in a semi-state or a state title game, like, that is, that's must-see TV. Like, that thing's going to go 18 innings and be 1-0. Like, how St. Joe's state title game went. It was like 13 nothing, thirteen innings, and it was 1-0. And an unearned run scored to win the game. So, just buckle up. That's going to be great. Okay, on baseball. We'll end with baseball. Uh, we have the NLC's done. Mishawaka's won it. We'll talk more about the NLC, in, or our NLC teams in a couple minutes. But the big game this week, um, naturally, of course, Westview at Fairfield, 7 p.m. Under the lights at the new turf field. Uh, second time these two teams will play under the lights at the new turf field at Fairfield. Uh, first time Fairfield will be the home team for the game. So that's always a fun little nugget to think about, how they were not the home team in their first ever home game on that field. Um, Fairfield is absolutely rolling right now. 18-5 and overall, 8-0 in the NECC. Westview coming in 14-7, and 8-0 also in the NECC. Um, a Westview win... Doesn't necessarily knock Fairfield out of the running. Westview plays Eastside on Thursday. Eastside also has one loss in conference to Fairfield. So the NECC race isn't over if Westview wins. However, it feels like it's over if Fairfield wins. Fairfield plays West Noble Thursday. No disrespect to the Chargers. They've been struggling a little bit. But, um, yeah, Max Angle versus Alec Hirschberger. Just, yeah, popcorn, baby. That's a popcorn game right there uh, for the NECC lead and probably the NECC championship if Fairfield wins it. Like, that's going to be a great game Tuesday night. It's been a quite motivator for Fairfield uh, to have lost the championship game on their new field mm-hmm. uh, to Eastside on Saturday of, of tournament championship day. Yes. Uh, but there was a lot of momentum for them getting that win against Westview the night before. It was an awful night just to – play baseball it was really cold really yeah. damp we were both there we yeah it just it didn't feel like baseball weather and it really didn't feel like a rivalry game it just felt like baseball that night uh because east side and lakeland also had to come back in and play another game and so everybody was just kind of like hurry up and get it done yeah uh but this game tuesday is massive because it it not only is kind of a de facto championship uh, table setter, but it also is two teams that really don't like each other mm. at all. <laughs> and there's, there's they like still, each other, but yeah. not when they're playing each other. There's yeah. there's still the respectful sentiment from what happened last year with uh, the honor for Caden Schrock. Yeah, um, that was maybe one of the best games of the year. Very, you could make an argument that Huge that was comeback from Westview in the seventh. Very off Hershberger yeah. won the game. Um, yeah, well Hershberger had to get pulled, and then the comeback kind of. Really started, but yeah. Correct. I think where where you look at it, though, is that, you know, Fairfield said, thanks for accommodating us, and now we just want to beat your brains in. <laughs> so there, there, there is no love loss whatsoever. You're going to see two of the better pitchers, maybe not the top pitchers in the state, but two of the better pitchers uh, in northern Indiana very likely are going to go head-to-head for as long as they possibly can. Uh, and, 
let's just hope it's a good game. Uh, nobody wants yeah. to see ten nothing after five right. innings uh, either way, uh, especially when you're playing for a conference, right. a, a conference at least a brag uh, <laughs> that you know we have a shot at this thing. Right. Uh, obviously, with a game after this, especially for Westview, uh, this this one that was massive. Uh, this kind of tells you where you're at. Right. The winner of this game guarantees themselves at least a share of the conference title. Mm-hmm. Like, you are playing for at least a share of this trophy. Yep. Um, so, it was, it's, uh, it should be a great game. Really looking forward to uh, following the updates on Twitter and Game Changer, because I'll be at track. Uh, you know I love track. Um, but, yeah, it should be a great game. Uh, like I said, Angle, Hershberger, two great pitchers. Hershberger coming off a no-hitter. Uh, Max Angle pitched four... Uh, really solid innings against Penn Friday night. Um, he should be ready to go. Uh, no pitch count limitations for either of them. Uh, should be a great, great game. Great high school baseball game. Um, speaking of great high school baseball, Gavin Collins from Northridge. I don't know if we've given him enough love. Although, we athlete of the week nominee two straight weeks. That's hard to do. I don't like to do that. But, I mean, he had in a crazy week again this week. It was nuts. Um he has a case for Mr. Baseball in Indiana, which he, it's going to be hard to win it. Max Clark from Franklin High School is a top five MLB prospect right now. Like, that's hard to, it's hard to top, to be, to be perfectly honest, um, uh, to win Mr. Baseball. But, I mean, so far, Collins, 532 average, 589 on base percentage. He has 10 home runs that leads the state, 39 RBIs, 34 runs scored. Northridge is uh, sixteen and seven, so you know in twenty three games that's it's pretty pretty darn good. Um, and he hit a grand slam on the Saturday game. They were down five zero going into the bottom of the seventh. It gets Crown Point. He hits a grand slam, makes it five four. Northridge completes the comeback. Couple couple batters later, uh, Murphy Zimmerman two RBI double with two outs to win the game. Um, yeah, Northridge might not win the NLC, but you know, this is a year where, you know, you're in the sectional with Penn. Um, they have to play Warsaw in their first game. The the, the scheduling uh, blind draw guides didn't do them too many favors with that. Um, they lost to Warsaw earlier, came back and beat them this past week by one run. Um, and if they win that, the more likely, more than likely playing Penn in the semifinal. Uh, Penn drew Concord. Minutemen are struggling. They won two games this past week, but they've struggled as a whole. Uh, the Minutemen, so, but, um, yeah, Gavin Collins, man, I mean, that's video game numbers right there, that's, that's impressive, so. I think what this kind of looks like is what you see in basketball, where you get somebody not in Indianapolis putting up big numbers, but Indianapolis has already decided. (laughs) I mean, again, Max Clark is going to be. Max Clark has been Mr. Baseball for three years in a row. Right. Right. It's like, like Flory Badunga is going to win Mr. Basketball next year, because, barring something unforeseen. Like, he's going to have it's gonna have to be a crazy disappointment, or he moves out of state to, like, not have him yeah. win. Because he couldn't win it this year. Right. So, right. I think, that would have been so funny if him and if Flory and Mar- Marcus were both seniors, because that would have been the end of, like, this, like, the death of, like, Mr. Basketball talk. Like, I couldn't handle it. I have to probably would have turned off my Twitter account. Yeah. That night would have been miserable. I think what will end up happening is Gavin Collins will be on the North-South All-Stars, and we'll see, we'll see him playing with with or against a Max Clark uh, in the, the All-Star series. And 
I don't think that takes anything away from him. I don't know if he's made a commitment anywhere. Yeah, he's going not. to University of Penn. Smart ah, kid. A very smart kid, smart yes. Smart kid, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah, he's yeah he's going to Penn, and he wants to beat Penn in the sectional. Does that yeah. make sense? Yeah. Yeah. That means, means something different if you were talking swimming. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah, by the way, Max Clark, I looked it up. He has a 648 batting average, 808 on base percentage right now. They either intentionally walk him or they pitch to him and he gets a hit. He's, like Barry, it's, he's Barry Bonds. Yeah, it's crazy. He, he, so, But he has less RBIs. He has 28 RBIs um, and one more run scored than Gavin. But also, Gavin Collins bats leadoff. You don't see those power numbers from a leadoff hitter. That is incredible to think about. Like He's batting leadoff and he's just raking. It's incredible. It's kind of how Mike Trout was yeah. with the Angels a few years ago. He'd have 38 home runs and 52 <laughs> RBI. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's crazy. So he's Gavin Collins is amazing. Um, he's having a great year. So shout out him. Yes, that's it. That's pretty much all I wanted to say. Keep it um, up. Yeah. <laughs> Good job, kid. <laughs> you do it. Um, also, before we end, I wanted to give a quick shout out to the Northridge boys volleyball team. Um, they finished up their season, their inaugural season, this past weekend at the sectional. They beat Fort Wayne Northrop in the sectional semifinal match. Then took Fort Wayne Carroll the five sets in their final match. Uh, they were actually up two sets to one. Carroll won sets four and five. Um, this is a Northridge team that, you know, was kind of put together. Um, not last second, but obviously it's a new sport. First season for them. They started out one in five, I believe. And then they won four of their last five matches. Got to the sectional final. Um, played pretty well in their matches, too, down the stretch. Like, um, so just kudos to them. New program, you know. Obviously, a lot of things. You know, they didn't, they didn't play a ton of matches, but um, sectional championship game in your first season, and uh, taking a really good Carroll team. And Carroll was like twenty and five coming into it. I looked up their record because I was debating if I wanted to go to Fort Wayne and, <laughs> and watch this. Um, and Carroll's really good program, really good team. So to take them to five sets, it's really impressive. So. Uh, kudos to everyone within uh, that program. Willis, Willis Schwartz and his wife, Audrey, kind of running the show. Um, all the seniors that pushed to get a team together. Um, you know, good stuff. It was just cool. Like, you know, I haven't given them a lot of love or enough love maybe since their season started. Um, but congratulations to everyone involved with that on a really good first season. And uh, hopefully, you know, with the IHSCA kind of changing the rules on how um, easy it can be to make a sport an official sport now in the state. Girls wrestling and boys volleyball seem pretty poised to be official IHSA sports uh, in no time. So, yeah, they'll think, grow the sport even more. I think one thing that was interesting when Northridge said they had a team was, it didn't surprise me, uh, Eastern Elkhart County has had a lot of really good male volleyball. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are a lot of little pocket leagues that play Millersburg and downtown Goshen. They had one for a long time that had one up in Middlebury for quite a while uh, that played a lot of sand. So to have right. those leagues now spawning children <laughs> that, <laughs> yeah. that are playing indoors, it doesn't surprise right. me one bit that Northridge would have some success. Um, how, However, it will be interesting to watch because that's a really hard sport to groom at small schools, uh, right. especially when you don't have the resources that, um, you know, at a, I'm thinking schools like, like Bethany, Krishna, Cowan, um, 
the yeah, little Westview the, the, even yeah like, Westview well little small schools that that right. maybe are investing their money elsewhere because they just need to push some, with something else to then add something new um, that's what we heard with the girls wrestling that because we were doing well at Walwa C it was easier to push for girls wrestling um, because we could all wrestle together whereas if you've only got six or seven kids in a program uh, to add two girls isn't a big deal but when you when you have not a lot of room in the room to add it it's tougher yeah and i think volleyball might be a little bit tricky because now you have to open the gym for a third season and athletic directors may or may not want to have that responsibility even just for custodians to have to maintain a gymnasium for 14 to 16 more weeks of of school that you know it's already hard enough to get people to clean clean the hallways right but then they have to maintain gyms now for girls volleyball boys volleyball and an entire basketball and wrestling season and even if you have gymnastics you know that's a lot to ask yeah so it will be interesting to see both those sports again they they lowered the number of schools that need to be competing in it and also the requirement of like 40 schools per district so in theory like if there's enough Indianapolis interest and Fort Wayne and Evansville, then boom, it's a sport. So um, kind of what gymnastics is right now, to be perfectly honest, but um, and some of the region too. But uh, yeah, so it'll be interesting. Um, also, no Maple Leaf Minute this week. We're done with Maple Leaf Minutes until the fall. There, We are just down to Goshen College track. Um, we'll have more content on that next week when they are uh, getting ready for the NAI National Championship meet. Shout out Drew Hogan from uh, Goshen High School fame for setting the Goshen College School record in the 1500 uh, this past week. So, not surprising. He's pretty good at these sports things. He really is. He's okay, I guess. Um, well, thank you, Mike, for coming in. Appreciate always. it. Um, you're the you're the best. I don't care what anyone says. Um, that'll be this week's edition of the Goshen News Sports Podcast. We'll be back next week to talk about all the fun sectional things we've just previewed, along with previewing more sectionals. It's that time of the year, baby. We're almost done. So uh, tune in next week.